What's up, Candy Lickers? Pleased to meet you. Nice to know me. What you doing? You're listening to another edition of Casio's Cut. Hey, Cam, look at me. Let's burn down the school with gasoline. Say, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Say, white trash. White trash. Hey, Cam, it's party time. We're kicking out the jams like the MC5. Today, I got my good friend coming to us live from Mississippi. Pinky fingers to the moon. Pond water, Dave. It started as Super Dave. Now it's Pond Water, Dave. What's up, buddy? Oh, living the dream. Just got in and worked hard today. Now I'm going to chill out and have fun hanging out with you for a little while. <laughs> well, if you, uh, if you know of Pond Water, Super Dave... Uh, it's probably from any of the Conrad Thompson podcast. Uh, you, did you become a breakout star? <laughs> I'm just having fun when you get us all together. It just comes out. Well, we do the uh, great. We do the Think Tank show on AdFreeShows.com, which is now turned into Sad News Bears. Uh, but we uh, we also are in a Twitter group together. Conrad makes fun of you on every other one of his podcasts. Um, he says you will not get Corona because you are lathered up with flaming hot Cheetos and Mountain Dew. <laughs> and it was funny because the day that he said that, I actually had a diet Mountain Dew and a bag of flaming hot Cheetos. <laughs> I mean, truth. You're sticking on brand, brother. I mean, truth, truth be told, I mean, it's the flaming hot Funyuns that's my go to. Flaming hot Funyuns? I love the flaming hot Funyuns. You like all flaming hot chips? They don't all work. It's the same, pretty much the same hot sauce, but like on the Doritos, they, they blister me. I can't eat them. They're too hot. Really? But the Cheetos, the Cheetos are hot, but they, they're really good. The, um, the, but the Funyuns, it, it just mixes with that onion perfect. That's, that's, that's my favorite one. Our, our chip connoisseur here. Is Jeff's kiss. All right. We, so we, people can tell if they're watching on our YouTube channel. Um, if you're not, go subscribe, Casio's Cut, and then uh, find the Casio's Cut channel and subscribe. Uh, you're a little, little bit of a wrestling fan. Just a little bit. Something that um, I became passionate about as a teenager, actually. I watched it when I was a little kid with my mom. She'd show it to me because granddad used to take her to the matches. But when Saturday Night Live started coming on, I gravitated to watching Saturday Night Live instead of Saturday Night Wrestling. But I was 16 when I rediscovered it. And this is in Dallas, right? Right. I grew up – I've only been in Mississippi for 10 years. So you I, consider I, yourself a Texas guy. I'm, oh, yeah, born and bred. I'm, always, <laughs> I'm Now I'm like what Dr. Tom Pritchard says. I was, I'm, he, he says he's a Texas champ stuck in Tennessee. I'm Texas <laughs> champ stuck in Mississippi. You got to defend the title somewhere. All right, so uh, – so at 16, you come back to wrestling fandom. What got you back into wrestling fandom? My little brother, uh, he was watching it one night when I got home from work, and uh, Ric Flair was on, and he was going to have a big match with Kerry Von Erich, and 
Ric Flair was doing Ric Flair things and he kind of was rubbing me wrong, but I was teasing my brother, you know, hey, you know, that's fake. And mom was telling me to leave him alone because my little brother's eight years younger than me. Mm -hmm. And uh, as the night went on, I watched the rest of it and he'd explain it to me what was going on. And I told him, I said, if you'll clean my bedroom for me, I'll take you to those matches tomorrow night. Whoa. And it was a big match down at Reunion Arena. And um, I had no intentions of taking him. I was, um, <laughs> I knew I couldn't get out of the house until my room was clean. But that boy went in there and he cleaned it spotless. And uh, mom looked at me and said, you're going to take him. So oh. we went down there how, and I bought How I much bought for tickets? tickets? Oh, probably $25 each. It wasn't. Oh, that's big. It wasn't, I mean, it was 1982, but I don't remember, I don't remember it being a great deal of money. Okay. Uh, but we got, Decent I mean, we seats. last row, all the way at the top, of the, <laughs> all the way at the top. And uh, I guess we were lucky we got tickets, but uh, there was all kinds, I mean, Harley Race and Ric Flair were on the first show I ever went to, and I had no idea who Harley Race was. That's strong. So uh, by the end of the night, I was all in as a wrestling fan. I mean, I was, yelling, I was yelling and screaming. And, of course, <laughs> Kerry got screwed. Flair stole the – got out with the title. And my throat – my throat, I was coughing up blood. I yelled so much. My, my throat was raw. Yeah. So How many people were in that place? How many reunion? Oh. About 19,000. Oh, it was a huge place. Yeah, it was an NBA basketball stadium. Oh, okay. It, it was prior to the American Airlines Center. Oh, okay. That's what I know it as. Yeah. So this is, re this they, is big boy. Yeah. They, they built the American Airlines Center and tore down imploded reunion arena. So you, so then you're a fan. Do you, oh, yeah. do you, do you immediately start collecting stuff or are you just a fan, no, like a normal fan? No, just a normal fan. Back then we didn't have anything to collect. I mean, you go to the merch stand and you could get eight by tens of, right. of wrestlers. That's about it. Uh, T-shirts really weren't even a thing back then. Did you get any merch that night? They got a program. We bought a you program. Still got I don't it? have now. I've got, I've got, I've got that program, but I acquired it again later. You got it later down the road. I was oh, going to yeah. say that would have been, that would have been the piece right there if you had the original oh, program. I, I used, I wish I'd have kept all those programs back then. <laughs> yeah, all of us look back on everything we've went to. Like, God, if I would have just saved some of that stuff. We weren't thinking about it. I think the only <laughs> the only promo pics I had, I had a picture of David Von Erich with the Texas belt over his shoulder. He was my favorite. Of, so you're, yeah, Erich. you're a big Von Erich guy. We yeah. tease you about it. But you're insert twist. Well, I mean, the Von Erichs were great. But truthfully, yeah. when the Freebirds got there, I, I really was into the Freebirds. Really? Yeah. I mean, if they weren't fighting the Von Ericks, and then sometimes when they were, I was I was into the Freebirds. <laughs> they were that I mean, over. I mean, Hayes was cool, Gordy was a beast, and Buddy <laughs> Roberts was the one I thought I could take if I needed to. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. You always thought you could take Buddy, but uh, <laughs> but recently I I did this Von Erich wall. It's Von Erichs and world class. I'm and it's, I'm still adding. I got some stuff coming from Missy Hyde after this weekend. Okay. And, uh, but I posted it and tagged Kevin in it, and Kevin reached out to me and let me know how much he liked it. And um, he's got a piece of memorabilia that he's going to send me. 
Oh, that's going to be and clutch, I, dude. And I mean, y'all know in the group, I was like, guys, I can't believe this. I can't believe this. And y'all, <laughs> if y'all, if it came off exciting in a group chat, you can only imagine how I was running around the house. <laughs> what do you, do you know what it is? Or he just said he's going to send you something. Yeah. It's a 1966 Dallas times Herald newspaper. And wow. his father, his father was on the cover of the Sunday magazine. And it was a young Fritz von Erich. Cause I mean, that was, well, I was born in 66. That was 54 years ago. Woo. So, but Fritz had the claw. He was fixing to put it on somebody. I don't know who it was, but, and Kevin That's said, be- Kevin said it wasn't just the Sunday magazine. They actually did a big, that was like an insert. I guess several cities did those, but um, he said that the newspaper had a, a huge article about his father as well. So you, this is gonna that's gonna be clutch, right? Do you have a space picked out for it? Uh probably gonna go under the glass on top of my bar. <laughs> I mean, it's hard t- to is, display a Sunday newspaper. Those things were that thick. <laughs> <laughs> is your table rotate any? Or is it hard to rotate your camera? Uh I was gonna see if we could get a three sixty of the room. I can't rotate the table, but I can rotate the computer. So you, this is your, you I'm call it your an iMac. Yes. Oh, man. Hang on. Spill no, don't the drop tea. <laughs> oh, crap. It's in the phone. Don't. <laughs> so there's the bar. Yeah. And then behind the bar, I've got my got alcohol and a few collectibles. And then on that wall over there, I've got some shelving with some belts. And then on the top, I got my referee shirts. We're going to talk about that in a second. And then over there's my Ric Flair wall. Woo! Yeah. Looking good. We got rose then, belts, pictures. Yeah, and then down over in that corner is my Charlotte Flair wall. And then behind <laughs> over here, me, you got the spilt tea. Yeah. Are you gonna are you gonna set your computer back down in tea? No, I got it out away from the tea. Steph, is it a Stephen? What's that? Is it on the keyboard? Oh yeah, Stephanie heard me say I spilled tea, and (laughs) bless her, bless her heart, she jumped up and ran in here, and she had a she had a root she had a root canal today, and the pain medicine's wearing off. Dave. Dave's You're in trouble. Killing her. Yeah, Dave's in trouble after this. That's what I get for asking you to move your computer. Well. Now you don't have a drink for the rest of the show. This is gonna be bad. Nah, Look, you nah, made me lit. thirsty. I had a lid. I had a lid on it. We're good. It just yeah, a lid bit. but still spilled it. A little bit. The whole table's covered. <laughs> and it's everywhere. All right. <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the chaos at Dave's house right now. Chaos and bedlam. <laughs> Over his shoulder, we can see all your figures. Is that all your figures? You got more somewhere? I've got uh, I've got more on the other side of the room, like on the top shelf up there's all my Ric Flairs. Over there is all my Charlotte Flairs, and then by some of the belts, like my Stone Cold, I've got I've got Stone Cold, like a Stone Cold Pop. But you don't have any like put up in a box somewhere. Oh yeah, I've got um, I've got Jim oh, Cornette auto- I got Jim Cornette autographed. I've got Brother Love autographed, and I've got Ember Moon, and 
one of my trips to Dallas, I'll go, I'll go see them and get, I'll get her to autograph it because I've known her for, I've known her for 15 years. We, she started it. She started in Dallas about the same time I started refereeing. She's excellent. Yeah. uh, Her husband now uh, trained at PCW where I started and we all used to play flag football up until about 2010. Well, we played flag football up until I moved. Wow. I got, so, uh, I've, got a picture, talk- I've got a picture around here with with Ember Moon, you know, when she was really when she was Athena. Oh, that's killer. But <laughs> you're still getting cleaned up over there. Oh yeah. He's <laughs> it everywhere. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's chaos. <sighs> Thank you, baby. I'm sorry. I won't do it again until I do it again, and I'll say I'm sorry again. <laughs> uh, the podcast should be this conversation you're going to have to have, too, after this podcast <laughs> is over. Uh, all right, so let's talk about this. You start growing in your fandom, and, and, then, uh, and then you decide to try to get into the business. Yeah, 1984. I was 18 years old. I went in Dallas, downtown Dallas. And okay. uh, that, because I'd heard that's where there's a lot of training went on. Akbar was there. Your 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 mic cut out just a little bit. It was what in Dallas? It was uh, it was where they trained in Dallas. A lot, of, a lot of the wrestlers worked out at Doug's gym. Doug's gym, okay. It was the old boxing gym. You, I mean, you walk in and go up some stairs, and it was just a, it was a, there was a ring, and then there was a hole in the wall, and there was another ring, and uh. Typical movie there. style, gritty boxing. Oh yeah, game. straight out, of, straight out of Rocky. Yeah, and uh, and uh, they did a lot of uh, train for the Golden Gloves there a lot. Um, but uh, I went down there because I want to be a referee. I mean, I knew at five foot five, a buck <laughs> buck forty, I wasn't going to be a wrestler. So, um. They promptly showed me the door. I mean, it wasn't like you just couldn't walk in and say, "Hey, I want to be a referee." Say, We're going Can't to just be a referee. Work. It didn't happen. No, they weren't even interested in telling me what I needed to do to pursue it. And wow. And so, back to the grocery store. I mean, that's and uh, so you, between you're working at the neighborhood grocery store. Yeah, my family has a grocery store. Granddad opened it in 1957. And um, when I was still four got years it? old, I, my uncle owns it now. It's still there. Nice. Uh, I had a mop. I had my own mop sawed off when I was four. Uh, <laughs> I, was <putting> up, <laughs> I was putting up stock, you know, stocking groceries. And at 11 years old, dad put me on the cash register. Well, you've told us in different, uh, you've told us on the latest Sad News Bears, uh, you got in fights with shoplifters there. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, not until I got a little older, but I mean, not at 11, I wasn't jumping on anybody. But, <laughs> but, so you they know, put you, you in security at 12 or what? I mean, we, I mean, if you saw somebody shoplift, I mean, you just, hey, I got one. And the butchers would come running from the back of the store, and dad would come running out of the office. And <laughs> I got one. I mean, they normally grab them and hem them up and get, get your stuff back. And sometimes we let them go, sometimes we call the police. But, uh, and then sometimes they wanted to fight and I don't know how many it would take to whip their ass, but I know how many we used. 
<laughs> as many as it took. <laughs> it was, they, 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 it never, it never went well. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you this one story. Uh, this guy came in. He was a quick change artist, and he got me. Got me for twenty dollars. I think I was twelve. I was twelve years old, and uh, he came back the next day. Wait, what's his to, move? Tell everybody his move. What's his move? I can't remember. He gave me the twenty and said, "Hey, let me see that." And anyway, he managed to keep the money and keep uh, his money and change. So he probably got me for forty. Well, no, he got me for twenty. He got to keep his twenty and got change. Okay. But uh, he came back the next day and tried it again, and he gave me that twenty, and I popped the cash drawer and threw the twenty under the drawer and closed the door and said, "You can give me nothing." <laughs> well, he's getting mad, and um. I'm insisting he didn't give me nothing. Well, he starts yelling at my dad and he starts cussing about me. And my dad said, did he do it? I said, no, he's lying. Dad, some bitch got me yesterday. I, uh, I'm not, I've had any, I didn't give nothing. I didn't, I, he didn't give me anything. And I, I mean, I stood to the story. Well, it escalated. And um, mm -hmm. anyway, he grabbed onto my dad. My dad grabbed onto him and they started fighting. And my brother-in-law came running up. My brother-in-law is a big guy. Anyway, <laughs> My dad and my brother-in-law end up whipping this guy's ass, but but they took a they took a pretty good ass whooping from him. They almost really. Him. Oh yeah. Well, they come back in the store, and you could tell they've been in a fight. And I'm laughing. And dad <laughs> said, well, "My dad said, what the hell's so funny?'" And I said, "That's the guy that got me yesterday. He came in, tried it again. I took the money, threw it in the register, and told him and swore that he didn't give me nothing." And dad said. If you're going to do something like that, you got to tell me what the deal is. <laughs> and he snatched me from behind that register and whipped my ass. <laughs> you cost him an ass whooping almost. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It wasn't almost. And he got, it wasn't worth 20 bucks. Was, uh, was it? it? No, it was for you it was worth 20, not for well, yeah, your dad. Yeah, I got, I got even. <laughs> and, you know, I... But I didn't even get in trouble for the quick change. Dad said everybody's got to learn, you know. Right. And then I knew I learned. I learned. I got a million dollar education. It cost me twenty dollars. <laughs> so it was tales from the grocery store. Oh man, we used to have a guy come in. His name was Travis, and Travis was a pimp. A pimp. A pimp. No, actually, legitimate working pimp. It was hard out there for a pimp. Oh, and Travis. Travis told me one time, he, he showed me with a coat hanger how you fold up a coat hanger so you could beat a hoe to get your money. Oh, my gosh. And he had one working for him named Marsha. To me, Marsha was well over six feet tall. Marsha. <laughs> to you. I mean, she was tall, tall, slender. Oh, Marsha came in. You saw her. Oh, oh yeah. Marcia oh, I thought in. you meant based on his stories. Marsha came in, used to trying to sell it to me at 12 years old. <laughs> sell it to me. Tried to tell me how good it was going to be. That I didn't need to wait. <laughs> was so, Marsha good? I know she's tall. She's over six foot. Was she good looking? She wasn't bad. But she, <laughs> she wore these, I'll never forget. She wore these, um, the red silk satin shorts like they would wear to the skating rings i mean i don't know if you remember what people wore skating rings in the 70s during the roller boogie era okay but she'd wear like a she'd like a crop top and and the booty shorts and like the tube top yeah 
Oh, and she'd yeah. come in and, and she'd mess with me. She'd reach over ground her like she's going to try to grab me. And my dad just thought that was so funny. <laughs> and I'm horrified because I didn't have any game at 12 years old. Did you come back and talk to her when you was 18? Did you go look for Marshall? No, 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 no. <laughs> but she came in one night and she was telling my, she was telling my sister. My sister started working down there. And, we, and she knew we, we, right after we'd had a problem with a shoplifter and it was a woman. And she was trying to tell us that you got to be careful with these women because they carry knives and it may not look like they got anything in their pockets, but this is, and she grabbed her shorts and she jerked them sideways and she pulled the knife out, she pulled the knife out of her pooty poo. <laughs> <laughs> and my sister's like, looking like she's not believing this. And I think I was like 13, 14 and I'm seeing pooty poo in person. <laughs> You don't care about the knife. You're looking at the goods. And, and a knife came out of it. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> How big a knife? About that size. The good, <laughs> big good size one that you popped out. Wait, like what a it, switchblade or fold out? a switchblade. It was fold out. But it was but probably it, that long. I mean, thankfully, it was folded, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she already, already so, ready to cut. Oh, she said that, that's where she kept hers. And I'm like, I can't believe this. And, and that, my, if I wish I had a dollar every time I said, don't say nothing to your mom about that. That's another million dollar lesson you got. Right yeah, don't say nothing to your mom. She's not going <laughs> to let you come down and work anymore. Well, that's awesome. No. I wish we, I should wish she was out there somewhere. There's no Maybe telling. That's uh, so, uh, <laughs> you're, so you got turned down from wrestling school. You're back at the grocery store. You are you like, are you like defeated? Like, I can't believe they turned me down. And you're like, ah, that's how it happens. What are you doing? I, I wasn't defeated about it. I mean, I asked and they were pretty emphatic that I wasn't getting in. So I accepted it. And right. I, and, um, but now that, and then I started college too. So I was working and going to school. And then when do you when do you go? All right, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna give this a run again. Oh, that didn't happen until 1995. So I was 39 years old. Okay. And my little brother um, was working 24 hour fitness, and one of the trainers there was a local indie wrestler. He's wrestling name uh, Chad Murphy, I think. His Murphy was had four leaf clover gimmick. It was Murphy. Okay. And, um, anyway, he said, we're going to go out here to this place called PCW in Arlington, and we're going we're gonna to watch Chad wrestle. I said, well, I won't go. We get out there, and I'm watching, and they have guys that are wrestling there. And the Friday night show was pretty much their school. They bring some of their Saturday night talent in to wrestle the main events. But the school, that's how they got better, is that on Friday night, they what they had called PCW Uncut, on Saturday night was um, – Think fully loaded. Can't remember now, but uh, but anyway, we were on that. We were there, and there was guys wrestling that were my size and smaller. And I'm okay. Thinking, it kind of got my, it kind of got me thinking. Well, I was already friends with, through belt collecting with a guy named Mike Page, and him and Joey Corman were the Overboys, and they'd been the Overboys, the Overboys, and they nice. wrestled. They'd wrestled you know, all up through, all through the South to Georgia, up to Georgia and 
Missouri, and they, I mean they made they made the loop. And um, I went to go see them one night. I was um I was selling Mike a belt, and I went out and we sat there at this restaurant that we met at, and we talked for about three hours. And they were Mike telling me Mike is just how, a belt collector. Do we know Mike? Mike Page. Okay. Um, he does the um well he does the Overboys podcast. Okay. You've heard, probably heard me and Jay Z talk about the Overboys podcast drops every Friday. There you go. So, so uh, anyway, Mike and Joey are there, and they're telling me how terrible being a wrestler is. They're telling me all these horror stories, but what they're doing is they're telling all these road stories, and it sounds fabulous. <laughs> yeah, that's the fun part. So now I'm convinced that forget being a referee, because I was in pretty good shape at 39 years old. Um, we're gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to wrestling school. So Mike told me where to go where I wouldn't get hurt and they'd take care of me, wouldn't screw me. So I went to PCW in Arlington and um, I started out with a guy named BJ Turner. He was the um, cruiserweight killer. Um, yeah, what a great name. So I was training with BJ for about a month and then BJ had a falling out with management. And then I started training with Lance Hoyt, who's Lance Archer, the murder hawk now. He's uh, in the AW. Right. So I was training with Lance. Well, who's a giant man? Yeah. Well, BJ, BJ gave me a rib. <laughs> he told me that um, shaving your underarms isn't uncommon when you start training. They tell you <laughs> shave your arm because you're gonna put somebody headlock. You don't. Want, that wasn't no big deal. But I had chest hair and stunt hair on my stomach, okay. and I, he said you need to get rid of that too. He said I suggest you go get it waxed, and you won't have to shave it. <laughs> well. That was a rib because I went and got it waxed and it hurt. I mean, that, the 40 year old virgin, when he yells out Kelly Clarkson, it does not even. Well, that's all I could think about when you and Jimbo did that. Yeah. And Jim, I thought Jimbo was handling it like a trooper. Uh, he, uh, he cussed a lot off air. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They said, we're going to do this where it don't hurt. And I'm thinking, nah, that's bullshit. It hurts. <laughs> so. So while I was so you there, you got the whole torso wax. Oh yeah, but while I'm there, I went ahead and I got my hair dyed. Oh yeah, because because I, I was starting to get gray, so I went ahead and got my hair dyed because I didn't want to look like all them kids' fathers when I was up, father when I was up there. <laughs> so BJ, did you just go black or did you go some highlights? What'd you go little, with? There was some there was some highlights in it. Kinda, <laughs> yeah, kinda, some frosted tips. A, it wasn't frosted. It was kind of like auburn. It had it, 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 when the light hit it, you could see it. All right. But uh so anyway, BJ left and I started training with Lance. Well, Lance didn't have any idea. He never asked me how old I was. And with no no gray in my hair, I I mean, yeah, I looked like I was in my twenties. And he was so, how old? Lance. Yeah. Young. He had to be young, right? Well, it was fifteen years ago. I guess he's gotta be in his twenties. He had to be twenty-five, okay. twenty-four, twenty-five. Right. Um so I quit training for a little while because my marriage fell apart. And, uh, and, uh, so I left cause I was dealing with that. Mm -hmm. So before I, then once, you know, I, it was a unsavable situation. I decided to go back to train. Well, I went and I'd shaved my head since then. So when I came back, I, had gray growth. I mean, I had my, <laughs> I had gray hair. And yeah. He asked me. He said, "Dave, Dave, how old are you?" 
<laughs> not told him we off. 40, you know, 40, 40, uh, 42, 41. And um, he said, I'm not trying to discourage you from wrestling, but have you ever thought about maybe being a referee? Because for Lance, he wasn't there to teach me how to hobby it on the weekend. His job was to teach me how to make money in pro wrestling. How to advance. Right. And he felt like my path where I could make the greatest contribution and earn, earn money would be as a referee. And there's, you know, there's a shortage of referees. I mean, there's more bad ones than good ones. Mm-hmm. And, I'm not, and I'm not crapping on any referees. It's just how it is because there's no focus on teaching them how to get better. Um, so they asked me, and at the time they were going to do a, an invasion angle with um, Southwest Premier Wrestling, which was Mike Page's promotion. They were going to invade PCW Uncut. And um, originally the idea was they were going to put me in there and they were going to make me a heel referee. Well, I guess they liked the job I was doing as a legit referee because they quit. They killed that. There wasn't going to be a heel referee. And, <laughs> it wasn't uh, an angle. It was just being a ref. Yeah. And I, re- I quickly realized being a referee, instead of being out one time for five to ten minutes, I'm out there three, four times a night, and sometimes I'm the only ref. So I'm out there all night, and I, and I, don't, I can't get enough of it. When you, you know, right. Being in the ring is great. So, so that's how that went. And, um, so, yeah, you, so are you super, Dave? Is that what you're going by, or are you just going by your name? That, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I was, well, I, I started going by super, Dave. At first, yeah. It, at first, it was Dave, and then the they came, announcer asked me one time, "Said what's your name?" I said, "Super Dave." <laughs> there was, cause I'd heard another referee, I'd heard other referees with nicknames. So, but uh, they go, "They're gonna, they're gonna torch you for that." And I said, "They're not gonna torch me for that. They're gonna start hollering it here in a minute." And they sure did. Super Dave is born because uh, PCW had a, they had a rowdy section. Uh, rowdy section yeah you could get tickets in the rowdy section and the rowdies knew they they knew all of us so i mean it's kind of like that now we went to we went to um hazel green and yeah when we went over there and uh i'm not i'm trying to remember the name of the promotion um was that rocket city rocket Rocket city it was rocket city we went over rocket city and we all were you know turn around doug turn around turn around doug and that's, you know, we were the rowdy section that night. So that, that, that took me back. <laughs> Somehow when our group gets together, we're always the rowdy section somewhere. Oh, yeah. Without question. <laughs> it... All right. So you're in the business and you end up, you end up reffing uh, until this year, right? Yeah, I hung it up in January. Uh, I really, um, I started taking my grandkids. My grandkids started showing an interest in wrestling. We were watching it when they come over to the house, and then I take them to the matches. And there's something about what my granddaughter loves to yell. I mean, she'll tear them apart. And I mean, she she screams, and people move away from her because she squeals so much. And I mean, when you watch a ten year old, a nine, eight, eight, nine year old, she just turned ten yesterday, today actually. Uh, when you watch kid. That's how I want to watch wrestling through the eyes of a kid. So I started really enjoying watching her enjoy it. And, and, and my grandson enjoys it too. Um, he'll come back here in the man cave and he'll start asking me questions. He'll point to a picture and he'll ask a million questions about it. And I just eat the, I'll eat it up. 
Yeah, you're, um, I mean, your room's a history lesson in there. And he's learning, you know, about Ric Flair and Kevin Von Erich and the Iron Claw. And yeah. we had the in-depth discussion about why Ric Flair was bleeding the way he was bleeding. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so I just got to a point where if I'm in the ring, I can't enjoy watching my grandkids. And uh, I just got to – I was always told if you get to a point before you go through the curtain that you don't have goosebumps, then it's time to quit doing it. And that was it. It started, it started really becoming a chore. There was a time – one time I drove – I drove six hours to work a show and turned around and drove six hours back. Woo. And I, I did it for $10. Wait, did you know it was 10 going in? I did. So on the ride back, you're like, what am I doing? Or is that when you were still loving it? No, I was still pumped up about it. Main yeah. event was main event was a guy named Scott Summers against um, Mike, uh, Mike DiBiase. And, uh, I, I take it he's Ted's he's son? One of, yeah, he's, he's the one they don't talk about. Okay. He's been in a lot of trouble. <laughs> uh, talk about. But uh, – yeah, where was I that drove, at? Was it in the state? I mean, are you, it was in, Yeah, it was in Texas. It, it was like north northwest Texas. All right, I can't remember the town anymore. It's been a long time. So it's but, like uh, the comedy. You you know, if you just want to get shows under your belt. You but just there want was to like, do it for the love of the game. But they were. It was a. It was the, the town had come out it was like a benefit for a kid, and there was like nine hundred people there, and. They packed out that place, and uh, it was a and just uh, it was the first time Scott Summers and Mike DiBiase called it all. They called it all in the ring, and that was the first time that I'd been in the ring with somebody that didn't plan what they were going to do. What'd you and think it, about it? I, oh, I was eating it up because they were telling me to do. They were using me. It was the first right. time I'd been used. You know, hey, go tell him I'm to do this or well what? in the wrestling ring. Right. So you've been used plenty of times, Pondwater. <laughs> oh, I'm used up. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'll see on your screen tonight is a beaten down, hollowed out shell of what once was a man. <laughs> Women uh, used me up a long time ago. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so but, so so when you look back on it as you've retired now, what if you said I wish that was on camera. I wish if somebody said, what's your career in a match or maybe a night, what would you pick? Like, what was your favorite? What's, what stands out? There's three. Well, anytime I went to home of Louisiana, it stands out because those people down there are, are diehard. Um, All right, so first time in. I went, they told me when I got there one time that the home of Louisiana has one brain and they all take turns using it. <laughs> but I was down there one night and I was new down there and the, it was, um, Christian Blake was going against, um, I can't remember who he was against now, but anyway, the, the, um, the good guy. Oh, Houston Carson, Houston Carson. So I was going to eat you up if you didn't think I know it. <laughs> But I saw you getting frustrated. Well, I'm I'm in the back, and the finish happens, and they're in the ropes, and the referee counts three, and uh, the good guy got screwed. Mm -hmm. I mean, the bad guy, the bad guy got screwed, but the good guy had him in the ropes. I mean, the, the bad yeah. guy was in the ropes, and they didn't stop it. 
So I was told to go out there until the referee would happen. So I do it and they reverse the decision and the crowd is not having it. And there was this woman and she said, they need to take your old ass back to wherever they found you. <laughs> I better not see you outside. I hope you fucking die. <laughs> well, and this is a grown woman. Oh yeah. This older like than me. Older than, no, this is Meemaw. Yeah. This yeah. is a Meemaw. So, yeah. So I walk around to go back to the back and my wife's taking pictures at ringside. Cause anytime we go, she'd offer to take pictures cause the boys love it when they can get promo pictures out of her, uh, mm -hmm. action shots. So as I'm walking by her, cause my dumb ass has a, a personalized license plate that says NWA ref. Oh gosh. Well, so I'm parked out there with the crowd. So I told her, I said, Hey, I'm <laughs> going to need you to go out there and get that truck and pull it out the back door. Cause they're wanting to kill me. There was another woman that tried to come up and security stopped her and made her go back to her seat. Oh gosh, she was in. She really was coming to find well, you. It was a different woman. Oh, a different woman trying yeah, to find you. Two women were going to kill me over that. I mean, it was, and I, <laughs> and I love that. I'm not I scared. Say, I love every bit of it. Yeah. I ate it up. But there was one time in Sulphur Springs, Texas, no, Paris, Texas, Paris, Texas, and Robert Evans. Um, R.D. Evans um, in Ring of Honor, Archibald, Archibald, I can't remember what his other, he's had several gimmicks. He recently quit WWE. It may have been at their Evolution pay-per-view. Mm -hmm. Walked up, wrote, on a, wrote a piece of paper, I quit and gave it to Vince. Wow. Because I, I think Vince dressed him down pretty good. Woo! Or, no, it was the Hall of Fame. It was the Hall of Fame with Vince got mentioned. Red Hart oh. mentioned Vince. Yeah, that's what, but he quit. It was pretty public. But anyway, Robert Evans was still wrestling at the time, and he was wrestling this guy named Wally Dartman. And it was for the light heavyweight belt. And uh, as soon as the match started, Wally Evans would wear tights and shorts over tights. Well, well, tights over trunks over tights. Well, Wally shorted him just as soon as the match started, rolled him up. <laughs> Rolled him up. I count one, two, three. Match is over. Just like that. Well, Evans is complaining because his he goes, I, he didn't just have my tats. They're around my ankles. Well, <laughs> their commissioner came up and we talked and we decided, yeah, I didn't see it. We'll, we'll start the match over again. And they go 30 minutes and they got the crowd in the palm of their hand. I mean, Wally's over. Wally They're is loving. over. They hate Robert Evans. Wally is over. And, um, the finish is uh, schoolboy. Let um, I me mean, roll up two handful of tats. I'm over there looking at the shoulders. One, two, three. It's over. Mm -hmm. And uh, so now Wally's complaining that he had the tats. And I said, I didn't see it. And the crowd <laughs> is into it. And there's no, there's no ropes. And the crowd's kind of pushing up to the ring. And, and, and they're yelling at me. And there's a little girl crying. She's crying. Crying, and Wally said, "Come here, little girl. Tell that referee what you saw." And she goes, uh, uh, "You can't do that." He and uh, you and and then a grown woman came up, and she's yelling, and a man came up, and he's yelling, and and I mean, it's it's genuine heat. Heat is a drug. I mean, you are loving it. I'm eating it up. I, I mean, because this whole crowd is a hundred percent bought in. Well. The um, 
ring announcer tell, whispers to me, says, go over and yank the belt away from Evans. Come back and say we're going to hold it up, and that'll be the main event next month. So oh. I run out of the ring, and I go over, and I grab the belt from Evans, and we do like a tug of war, and I get it from him, and I said, no, I'm holding it up. And, and anyway, so that's how then they set up the next uh, the rematch. And uh, there was one more match, and I never been to that building before, and I parked out front. So <laughs> you got bad parking. So I grabbed, I grabbed my bag and everybody said, good night, everybody. <laughs> and I ducked out during the main event because I wasn't going out there with that crowd. That's and amazing. Then I, and then at PCW, we had a, we had a wrestler named Franco D'Angelo. And there's okay. a, and Franco jacked up body, the long hair. Um, I mean, like Fabio type looks. I mean, he was, he was over with the ladies. Well, he was also an, he was also a stripper that danced at okay. Bear, that danced at La Bear in Dallas, which was where you know all the women went, the women's strip club, and um, <laughs> La Bear. So they came out to see him, and so there was a large crowd to see Franco of women. Well, it sounded like his stripper fans. Yes. Yeah, not you know, when, just when about dances, the wrestling. When he's dancing yeah. for them, he's telling them, "Hey, I also wrestle on the golf Oh to show yeah. It. So he was a good draw, and because um, they found out if they put him on early, the crowd would leave. So they, when he was main That's event, hilarious. they'd stay. So they had a match, and Mike Page was the manager of um, this uh, this monster called Bash, Kane like huge guy. Um, I think he still wrestles as a character called Hardicus now, but uh, but Bash is huge and. They're, they're fighting, and it's a title match, and Paige, the referee gets bumped. There's no ref, and he gets, he gets the golf club, and he hits Bash, and Bash is down, and, you know, Franco, Franco's getting it, and he can't – nobody's there to count the pin. So they get up, and they get to going, and then Franco gets hit with the golf club, and he's down. All of a sudden, I come Damn. busting through the curtain – Hit there, sliding the ring. One, two, three. Bash wins, new champion. Oh. Franco, Franco finally comes to and gets up, and he's pleading with me, and I don't see it, and he's pleading with me, and he's and the crowd's yelling, and they're they're rabid, and he gives me a boot to the gut, picks me up, does the F five, lays oh. me right down. F five, I'm down on the mat, and I hear he deserved it. <laughs> he and I'm. I'm just laying there trying not to smile because it's like the greatest, greatest feeling. <laughs> so is that the hardest bump you ever took? No, no, no. That was I didn't feel a thing on that one. Actually, um, Tim Storm, Tim Storm got uh, bumped me, and I, I went flying into the ropes, and uh, that hurt. That hurt a lot. The way I caught him and fell. Did you fall out, or you just got tangled up in them? Well, I, I got tangled up in them. I ended up rolling out. <laughs> I mean, that was your worst bump? That, that, that's the one I remember being the worst. Um, Did you ever take a chair shot? I got thrown into chairs. <laughs> like like they, they took me and threw me, and I landed in, you know, barrel rolled into the chairs. I'll, uh, I'll be honest with you. I would love to throw you into a pile of chairs. Char Charlie Haas busted my nose once. Doing what? They were outside the ring. He was right. He was, he was, um, Charlie Haas versus, um, Lance Archer. 
And uh, I went out of the ring, <laughs> and I, and I, I kind of tapped him on the shoulder to, hey, let's get it back in the ring. And he did his – he backhanded, get your hand off of me. <laughs> but when he did, he caught me right in the nose, and it started bleeding. And, I mean, I'm, I'm bleeding, and I can't hardly breathe. <laughs> Nose is full of blood. It was how much longer was the match? Probably ten minutes. Oh, you had some work to do then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did uh, he apologize? Yeah, yeah. It was, just, it was all right. So, it was all right. but normally when when I work when I work the show, the first question I ask promoters is, "Am I going to get the bump tonight?" <laughs> nice. I love to. I love take bumps. So you ran on uh, all that. that. Yeah, that's what I'd want to do if I was a riff. I'd want to be all that. And uh, I need the heat. I need the bumps. I need all of it. And I think only one time did I actually get bumped for real. Got in the way. Got crushed in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And, uh, so let's talk about this. You've got your career. You've got the Stripes career. And you mentioned going in to being a ref that you were already belt collecting. Oh, yeah, I started belt collecting in um, late 98, 99. I found the did Yahoo. You, did you have a belt collecting nickname? Super Day. Oh, the belt. Uh, later, it became the Belt Pope. <laughs> the Belt Pope. The Belt Pope. I'll put a All picture. Right, so you got a picture of it? You got to send it to us. Well, so you, you use... Yeah, I'll, I'll send you a picture. It's uh, There's a guy in the groups named Shane Kovac. Uh, Shane Kovac um, made a Photoshop. He put my face on the Pope, and he put he put the Vegas Big Gold on top of the Pope's staff, and put Pope <laughs> Pope Super Dave. All right. So had, what gets you what gets you into it? I, uh, I always liked the belts. Yeah, uh, I was a huge fan of the belts. Uh, the first belt that I ever saw that I liked uh, was on the back of a Pro Wrestling Illustrator. They used to sell a thing called the Wrestling Album, and um, it was just pic picture book, but there was a picture of Ricky Steamboat with the Mid Atlantic belt. That that white Mid Atlantic belt really stood out because it was different than all the other wrestling belts that were that you'd find at the time. Well, I mean, you couldn't get belts back then, and didn't I mean, didn't know know who made them or how to get them. But uh, I saw an ad for a NWA Dome Globe belt from Figures Inc. and I love the NWA Dome Globe belt because that's the one that got that was the belt that got me into being a wrestling fan. Right. And, uh, and, uh, so I bought it and it came and it wasn't, I mean, by today's standards, it was just, a felt like a plastic strap pleather. Yeah. Didn't have the grommets, but it was the NWA belt. And I got over my shoulder and, you know, I'm strutting around like I'm Billy Badass. You're loving it. <laughs> I'm loving, You're loving it. it. And then I found the, um, the Yahoo belt collecting group. Uh, and then I started meeting a lot of the friends that I still have today were in that group before it left Yahoo and went to a normal forum. But Figures Inc. had got a deal with WWE and they came out with the Big Eagle and the Intercontinental. And uh, immediately I ordered it as soon as it was available. Got it from a guy named David Korn. He was, he was a vendor for, for figure. He was the, like the main vendor for Figures Inc. at the time. And, uh, <laughs> you better not have the COVID. Is this your final Corona interview? Temperature okay? Temperature's good. I got tested right. last Thursday, though. Did uh, you? I did. 
How was that? My- no swab? Oh, yeah. St- st- felt like stabbed me in the brain. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, I ordered these. Um, I ordered these belts. I got so I got the Big Eagle. I've got the inter, the oval intercontinental belts, and uh, I got them in time to, and we t- took them to WrestleMania 17 with us. So I let, okay. my bro- I let my brother carry the intercontinental, and I carried the Big Eagle, and nobody else had them. At Access, they actually showed them. These are coming soon. So we we got them but right out of the gate. Yeah, so I didn't see anybody else there with with them, and it was like it was That's people amazing. coming up. Hey, can I take a picture with it? And and I was happy with the belt until I stood in line and spent ten dollars for a charity that WWE had to take a picture with a ring used Big Eagle. And uh, <laughs> and you're like, oh, mine ain't that good. So I peeled it up and I'm like, it's heavy. And I'm, then I'm really impressed because Rocks, you know, he's on the top rope slinging it. And <laughs> yeah. this thing, this is, this is a heavy belt. And, I'm, well, I bet you you've, heard, you've probably held it. So you know, because we know where it lives now. There's heavy belts out there, yes. We'll yeah. That. And, uh, so after that point, I'm thinking, man, I got to figure out how to get a real belt. And through the Yahoo groups, we learned about Jamar. Well, Jamar had an attitude problem, and he says, I don't, you know, it's art, and art takes time. And if you're in a hurry or you just want a cookie cutter or whatever the verbiage was, he put Reggie Park's website and phone number on his website. You can call them. So for those who don't know, wait, time out. So some people in here are not big belt people. Jamar, talk about who Jamar is just real quick. Jamar. Jamar became the belt collector for the WWF in the Attitude Era. He made the um, he made the Big Eagle belt, the one he had the blue one that Stone Cold had. He made Stone Cold's Rattlesnake belt. He made the Intercontinental title. He made. He's the, actually um, being commissioned by the WWE right. to build these to make these belts for him. Yes. Okay. That job had previously been held by Reggie Parks, who okay. is the king of belts. Reggie started making belts in the seventies because he didn't like the belts. And he, so he made, he made him and his tag team partner a set of belts because they didn't want to carry his trophy around. And okay. his belts were nicer with you know, his belts were nicer than what the world champion belts were. So they actually told him, said, Hey, we're not going to, we're not taking belts out if we, y'all are going to take y'all's out because so Reggie started making belts for promotions Strong. And pretty much every iconic belt you grew up seeing, more often than not, Reggie was the maker of them. You know, he made the the, the winged eagle belt that Hulk Hogan had. He made the the '86, the Andre belt, the the classic Intercontinental title that the Honky Tonk Man and Re- Savage Steamboat, uh, the tags with the Bulldogs, and you know, and Reggie made all these belts for him. Um, he made all the belts for the Crockett's. Uh, Florida, all the territories, world-class belts, uh, the Mid-South, he did them all. And, uh, so then Jamar takes over. Right. But Jamar doesn't want to be bothered, so you won't go, go see Reggie. Well, that's when I learned about Reggie, and you could get belts from Reggie, or you could get belts from Dave. Because then I learned about Dave Milliken. There was Dave a collector. Milliken. And then a collector came along by that time. His name was um, – his screen name was Belt Stud. And he had a, 
he had a web TV website that was belts. And we, so that's how we all pretty much all of us that came in the hobby went through him. That's how we learned where to go buy belts from. So I called and I talked to Ed Schumann and I picked out a belt off of Reggie Sat that I wanted. It was a Texas light heavyweight belt. And, uh, I paid eight or $900 for it. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, six weeks later I had my first real belt. You were probably, so, yeah. So it was, and I still collected all the figures, ink belts. I mean, I was getting those every time they released the ECWs. I'd get them every they released WW, new WWE belts. I was getting them. Uh, but then I'd start ordering, you know, then we had a, a bulletin board that we were all in the hobby and I met, you know, I, I was buying, heck, I bought a lot of belts that Mike Page owned from Russ Miller before I ever met Mike Page. I, the, belt, the, belts were, the belts were 40 miles from me. I could have drove and bought them directly from Page. I was going through the middleman because Russ had all these connections and could pedal these belts for him. So first you're buying ones that are replicas basically, but made by the real people, right? Well, yeah, my first one was, I didn't realize that Texas light heavyweight design had been used in Texas. I just yeah. wanted a Texas light heavyweight because I mean, it was a stretch was to call you. me a light. I was light. <laughs> it was more light than heavy, but so I've, you know, my little Billy Badass belt, but then I bought, <laughs> I, then I, I got a, I got an NWA belt and I got, um, I was buying a, a world-class Texas belt like Gino Hernandez okay. had. And then I bought the world-class six man and the tag and the world and the American. I mean, I had them all. And then I would, and there was there was phases where somebody said, "Hey, I got a belt for sale," and I'd buy the belt and play with it for two or three weeks, and then turn around, and sell it, and buy another one. <laughs> but back then, you could buy them. They weren't they were they, I mean they were expensive, but they weren't like right now. If you tried to buy Reggie Parks' belt, it's going to be three three to five thousand three on the low end. Five thousand is probably what you're going to pay if you want one from Reggie. Okay. Uh, so back then, we were turning them. You know, eight eight to twelve hundred dollars. Fifteen was expensive. What do you and, think's uh, the most at one time? What, how many belts was the most that I had? Yeah. At my high point, I had 45. Jeez, 45. 45 of them at the time. Oh, and then I right. sold them. Then I sold them all. And all I got two. Yeah. Uh, there was a couple that I kept, but yeah, but they weren't anything to brag about. <laughs> so, so but you got you got more belts than that now i can see them yeah i've got 43 you there's 43 in this room and there's two on order <laughs> so i'll be so up you're to about 40. to be at your peak again i'll be, I'll be at my peak again <laughs> you gotta go out and order another one just to be over the threshold so you say oh, you're I'm at your sure, peak again. oh i'm sure it'll happen <laughs> but uh, but i'm going with these themes so there's not a lot left to get well, when you look back on it, what's one where you? What's the one where you wish you would have kept? Oh my, um, the NWA World Heavyweight Belt that I had previously. Now I made a I made a boatload of money on that belt because I had it signed. <laughs> I had it signed by 15, 15 former champions. Oh, 15 people that held it. Yeah. Oh, that's now, strong. I had it fifteen former NWA champions. So some of the big gold holders actually had them signed on the back as well. 
like Ronnie. It's still uh, Ronnie all Harvey. NWA guys. But I had, but I had Harley Race, Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, Terry Funk, Dory Funk, Briscoe. I mean, everybody that, who's everybody. Those are pretty impressive. And then you added in yeah. guys like Jeff Jarrett and Barry Windham and Rhino and. You're not throwing them in the impressive class, I see. Well, they're impressive, but I mean, <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to get heat from those. <laughs> no, no, I mean they're impressive, and you said those guys are impressive, and then there's Jeff Jarrett. That's basically what I. Oh, oh. well, I mean, <laughs> I I follow Conrad Thompson, so Jeff, I love Jeff, but he's a. I'm gonna tell you what, Jeff Jarrett's a hell of a good guy. I'm he really genuinely is, but. I, I've hung out with him a couple times. He's a super nice guy. But, I mean, if we're talking about Mount Rushmore of NWA champions, he's down there. <laughs> he's probably down at the bottom with me looking at the Mount Rushmore of NWA champions. And, I mean, I don't think that would hurt his feelings. Well, he, would, he wouldn't be the first wrestler you have heat with. Yeah, well, well the other one's Coco. Coco don't know I have heat with him, though. <laughs> So for those that follow some of our other podcasts, uh, they might have heard or picked up that you have heat with Coco Beware. Man, I've hated Coco Beware since I was <laughs> 18 or 19 years old. Uh, I took Is my it sister. public knowledge why, why you well, have heat the, with it? The story's been told enough now. I mean. <laughs> Go ahead then. I mean, at, our least, listeners in. at least once a week I get a picture on my – I get inboxed with a picture of Coco Beware and his bird. But Coco Beware wasn't always the lovable character with the bird. He used to be part yeah. of a tag team called um, the PYT Express. They wore the Michael Jackson Beat It jackets. It was him Pretty and Norvell. things? Yeah, they were PYT Express, and they came out to PYT. Okay. It was, it was Coco and Norvell Austin. And, uh, man, they had, they had nuclear heat at the Sportatorium. And when you had <laughs> nuclear heat at the Sportatorium, they would take you out the side door. There was a little section that was only five rows deep. And I like to sit on that section because I could stand up against the wall. And when they, people started throwing beers, there was a wall behind me so I wouldn't get hit with beer. And when people stood up, I could stand up and see what was going on. <laughs> uh, well, as they were bringing them out the side door, you know, everybody's yelling at them and my sister was yelling at them and, Coco. You're, no, wait. Do I'm not going to tell exactly. You're... What's that? I'm eight, I'm uh, I'm I'm listen, I'm 19. My sister's and, and 20. Sister's... She's 23. Okay. And we're on my motorcycle. We came on my motorcycle <laughs> that night. <laughs> yeah, I'm badass uh, that you oh, are, yeah. son. Oh yes, yeah. two people on a <laughs> Yamaha 400 special or 600 special. It was a small motorcycle. So. <laughs> So anyway, we come rolling, uh, they come rolling out the aisles and she's yelling and Coco looks at her and says, he's going to, he's going <laughs> to, I mean, he's going to go ask him, ask the mouth on her. Okay. <laughs> and I mean, as horrible as that sounds, it was a lot worse. Well, so you're I'm saying, yeah, that sounds bad, but you cleaned it up. Oh Yeah. And I'm coming out of the field with my crash helmet because I'm fixing to bust him in the head because I just saw red at that point. That's my sister. <laughs> so I'm, I'm coming with the crash helmet, and she grabs, she get, she grabs me, David, David, no, because she knows we're going to jail. And um, <laughs> they get him out the door, 
and I'm hot, man. I'm and I and I've hated Coco Ware ever since. <laughs> and I mean, have you seen him years, at an event? I've never, never, never crossed paths <laughs> with him. Well, here's the question: What's happening if you see him? Are you going to get a picture? Get a picture I'm going to get a picture with him, and I'm going to share that story with him, and I'm going to say I've been. Are in you? The and I've been in the wrestling business for 15 years, and I know how it works, and I still hate you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jeff, Jeff Jewett got me a cameo from him. Did he, he said, really? Yes. And at the end of the cameo, he said, oh, tell your, I understand your sister's a big, huge fan of Coco Ware. <laughs> so tell your sister that I said hi. Well, you got to send me the audio. We got to add it to the end of this. I'll do it. I'll do yeah, it. Yeah, we got to figure out how to get that in it. All right, so you got Eva Coco. <laughs> That's an amazing story. So, truth be told, I he all those years I've hated him for that. But if I if I met him, I would God get a picture with him. And <laughs> I love how you go. I get a picture, but I'd still tell him I hate him. Oh yeah, I'm telling the story, but I'm gonna laugh when I tell him I hate him. I don't hate him. <laughs> yeah, you. Do. But he, but he was, he he was. He was out of line. There's a difference between bad guy stuff and <laughs> describing well, nuclear sexual, heat, brother. He is describing sexual assault. <laughs> He's getting that nuclear heat, brother. I mean, she might have been right. down. She might have been down for it. I don't know. I didn't talk to my sister about those things. <laughs> you just you didn't even care about her reaction. You just got mad. Oh, I was hot. Yeah, yep. she didn't tell you, hey, defend my honor. You just immediately no, went. No, she yeah. turned around and saw me coming with the crash helmet. <laughs> okay. All right, before we get into the countdown and wrap this up, we, we got to explain how you got to Pond Water, Dave, because you went from Super Dave. Now you're Pond Water, Dave. Tell everybody how that came about. Conrad. Conrad <laughs> was talking to Tony and said that um, – Super Dave's going to outlive us all. He's not going to get the COVID because he's he he believes that because he drinks pond water, and it just <laughs> and it just become it's because I've got this pond on my property, right? Can't have money. And he <laughs> he made fun of he's made fun of me about the pond, and I'm real proud of my pond, and we got it stocked. <laughs> I'm real proud. At one time, and I you know I tell y'all I'd go out there and catch the fish, and he tell Tony that. He made fun of me about that. That I think I'm a, I'm, I got these fish and I'm going out and catching them in the pond and like I'm like I'm a badass or something. And so he's always screwed with me about it. But then he just out of the blue one day said, "Super Dave, not gonna get it because he drinks pond water." And then all of a sudden they're calling me Pond Water Dave. And now you have and, a pond water rating system. So it, yeah, I, I embraced it, and um, I, I mean nobody's there's no pond water people that's gonna come after me, but. Conrad, Conrad garners a lot of attention, so I'd hate for one day the Super Day people decide to take exception. <laughs> do, you, do you have the background ready with one of the pond water ratings? Yeah, I can do it. Because usually when we do, I got six, I got six jars of pond water sitting right here. Wait, let's see some. Oh, I would. Oh God, oh. he cut his video off. Oh, he's back. Okay. Let me get you. I was going to say you to get the pond water, but uh, you're going to spill it. You've already spilled your tea. Oh, I can oh, there you go. You're gonna spill. He's got a four pond water rating. But I keep. So you got your own jars of pond water. Yeah, my wife. My wife made them. In. They have the label Pond Water Dave's on she the saw uh, jar. Chris McDonald did that Pond Water Dave commercial. 
<laughs> Conrad did a Conrad did a that commercial episode as a rib for April Fools. Yeah, that was aired right here on Cassio's Cut as well. And and when he did the come on down to Palm Water Dave's on Route Nine and Utica, <laughs> Utica. and it's funny because I don't know that he knows it, but when people make fun of Utica down here, they call it Utica. And he started calling it Utica, and I didn't know. He, I never even told him that 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 was the that's the joke down here. Bottle Water uh, Days blossom, and now when we have watch uh, pay per view events or wrestling matches or anything, you give them now Pond Water ratings on a scale of zero to what? Well, I tried to give them zero to five. I mean, it's <laughs> like it's like Meltzer's. Instead of stars, it was jars. Right. But then everybody, but then everybody started calling them pond water, pond waters. So, <laughs> and well, wait, you got six. Why do you got six? In case you break one or what? Well, well, you know, if it's in Japan, then Meltzer gives it six. <laughs> so, six. so I give it six if it's, if it's like on a koi pond. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can have you can have decimals, which would be a pond, a mouthful. Yeah, I don't do quarters, but uh, half would be a mouthful. Mouth, mouthful. Okay. So yeah, we three. got the new official rating. Well, crap. I did it again. <laughs> and then there's, of course, then there's oh, yeah. three, there's three, three, three pond waters in a mouthful. Three in a mouthful. Three jars. Three jars. Three jars in a mouthful. In a mouthful. With the pond in the back. Yes. Look at that. That's a good pound. That's a pond to be proud of, my friend. All well, right. The so reason got... I, bought, I bought this land and it had a pond on it. So then Come we buy it. With it. We buy it, and we got a guy come out to clean it up, and he said, he said hey, y'all know this pond's only about a foot and a half deep? <laughs> Is it shallow? It was. It's nine oh, feet did you deep dig now. It out? Yeah, we dug it out. Woo! Dug it out, made it a little bit bigger. And Added then the fish. Well, yeah, but here's we, – we, about the time we got to digging it out, that hurricane hit Houston. And the, the storm that left Houston came up here and, uh, and almost filled it all the way up. Oh, you're rocking so, and rolling. So then we um we stocked it two years ago. We put um put a thousand minnows. We put a uh, four hundred brim and fifty bass. Woo! And then and now it's after two years. It was catch and release for two years, but now we get some pretty good sized ones out there. Uh, so how would you rate your pond now? Six stars. <laughs> six jars six jars six jars and a mouthful it's six jars and a mouthful it's the rating you can get from pond water dave all right we gotta get hey man it's just relaxing to go look at it i mean i can stand out there and look sometimes when i'm out there mowing i'll just stop and just look at the pond it relaxes me i don't know what it is about water that makes it it's just a, it's just a beautiful scene out there well yeah that's what it's all about my friend all right, let's get to the uh, let's get to the countdown here, uh, which of course we go ten to one. He's trying to get his background back off. Go ahead, take it off. There we go. He's back. If you're watching on the YouTube, all right. So we go ten to one. Ten questions, uh, as rapid fire as we can do it. You can take as long. I don't mean to answer fast, but we're gonna knock these out. Uh, number ten, Super Dave Pond Water. Name something that's a perfect ten for you. My marriage. Oh, there we go. I knew I mean, it was going to be my wife. I, I know it's cliche, but my wife is, you know, I, I, when I moved to Mississippi, I was, I came, 
I didn't come looking for a wife. I came to work when I moved here and and uh look I got the dogs excited in the background. Even they agree with you. So uh when I met her and she's she's a wonderful woman. She changed my life. Uh she cleaned your tea up in the middle of a podcast. That's pretty bald. I, I, I truly badass. don't I truly don't deserve her, but we have a very, very healthy marriage. We don't argue. We don't fight. Our only argument is, was, I love you more. No, I love you more. I mean. She puts up with your wrestling stuff. That's big. Man, she has got, she bought me a Ric Flair robe from Toys R Us, one of those costume robes. And she's actually putting. Um, Extra sequins on it. She's putting the, the, the beads, the, the stones. Yeah, the, she's putting the little stones on the rhinestones, and she's—I mean, she's sitting there with a, uh, with tweezers gluing each one of them on there. And I mean, thousands of—I mean, thousands. I mean, lock of, her down, keep her forever, man. Man, and I mean, she's just she's wonderful. I mean, the queen of the holiday inn, my friend. And that's the that and life don't get any better. I mean, used to work. I've works always. I've always had a strong work ethic, and I still do, but. Work when I, when I my job started taking me away from her too much, I changed jobs. Boom! That's how and, you you listen up, fellas. And she's 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 the priority. She's the she's probably the first woman in my entire life I've ever loved more than I love myself. Woo! Come on, keep preaching, son. That, that's that's when you know. <laughs> that's when you know. <laughs> All right, number nine. Name something you've written off for twenty twenty. It's a little different now that we're in lockdown, but name something you've written off. Vacations. Vacations. <laughs> Vacations and easy days at work. I mean, there's that that's all behind me. <laughs> that's all over with now. All right. I thought you were gonna say steaming oysters. No, no, I've had I'll oh, eat those every I, sizzling I, 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 oysters. I learned, sorry. I learned something that night. I just don't reach out there and <laughs> grab them anymore. <laughs> so to tell the story, if people have not heard it. Uh, we were in New Orleans for WrestleMania. Was that thirty-four? Or was that the Thanks. first? Or was that thirty? No, it was the second one in New Orleans. Yeah, the second, whatever the second one was in New Orleans. 36, 30, 33, 34. And so uh, we are at this very fine restaurant, white tablecloth. Got to wear a jacket. Got to wear a button-down. Fancy place. And uh, there's a group of us. There's uh, Conrad and the missus, me and my missus. Somebody else was there. Who my else? buddy, my buddy Wayne was with us. But it was it was it just us six, or was there somebody else? I think it was just six of us. Um, it was at least that six, maybe another couple. Uh, I, I forget. But um, we're at the suit. It's quiet. It's uh, it's one of those dimly lit. We get the candles on the table, and you decide to order the appetizer sizzling oysters yeah that sizzling. was conrad that was conrad's idea i'd never had them sizzling, sizzling. i always ate them on the sizzling. half shell oh sizzling <laughs> heavy on the and I'm sizzling talking about, they come to the table like the fajitas at a mexican restaurant they yes. are we are the assholes that are making noise everybody's looking at us we're They're, trying to fit in we don't fit in anyway and sizzling comes, is appropriate it looks like a fog machine is attached to these oysters. I've never seen yes. this in my life. They sit them down right in the middle of the table. Big old container of sizzling oysters. And you 
just gut instinct, just reach out. Conrad said, everybody dig in. <laughs> and you <laughs> reach out and about in this quiet, dimly lit, fancy restaurant. <laughs> and you, that was the terror, which was you, which you screamed. Because yeah. you grabbed a sizzling oyster. I did. And it, it, I mean, it burnt the living shit out of me. <laughs> what? what made you grab it? Was it like yeah. a dog in fire? You were just hypnotized? I didn't consider <laughs> that the shell was going to be hot. I knew the oyster was going to be hot. It never, it never occurred consider. to me. I never considered. And you it. immediately were blistered. And I was, I mean, I was drinking too. <laughs> yeah. You immediately had a swollen blister. <laughs> oh yeah, it was, it was, it was. I mean, it it was bubbling, and so then I take my finger and put it in the butter. <laughs> put my thumb in the butter. As we're trying to fit into this fancy restaurant, our waitress comes back to check on your screams, and you have your thumb in the melted butter. <laughs> in the melted butter. Because I always heard that you if you burn yourself, put you got to put it on butter. Did it well, help? No, the butter was hot too. So I come out of the butter and I go in my glass and I go in my glass of water. <laughs> oh, that was one of my favorite moments of that, all time. And, and that look, and that look, that that look of like um, that look Megan had <laughs> of disappointment and shame and embarrassment. <laughs> all right, number eight. Uh, what do you want to be uh, when you die? What do you want to be the last thing you ate? So, yeah, I remind everybody, you can do home cooking of some sort. You can mix match. You can order something from somewhere with home cooking. Whatever you want. What do you want your last meal to be if you get I want, to pick it? I want steak and scallops. <laughs> steak? Steak, and, steak and scallops. From a certain place? Uh, yeah, there's a, a hibachi place in um, – in Texas called um Sticks. No, it's not Sticks. It's um <laughs> Is it like a local place? It's a local place in Mesquite, Texas. I go there all the time when I go back to when I go visit. And and they make the best Kazi. Kazi. Kami. It's like kamikaze. Kazi. Ka just Kazi. And they Yeah, and 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 uh I'll get the I'll get the fillet and they'll cook it mm. in front of me and they, they got those huge scallops and they, <laughs> and they're good. Loving it. I love I love scallops. There's right. a place here locally called Rusty's that does bacon wrap scallops. Okay. And you bring, you bringing those in? We can. They well, I don't know if they'd be you good can, after a five nice. hour drive. I don't know I don't know if they'd be good after a five hour drive and I don't know that I no. wouldn't eat them on the way. This is a fantasy question. Oh. Yeah, I'm bring so we're bring, we're bringing everything to you. Oh yeah, we're gonna bring we're gonna, well if we're gonna bring it to me and I can have more than one thing, then I'll get the yeah the scallop scallops from Rusty's and okay I have I'll have my stepson uh, grill me a ribeye. Okay, so he's the jam on the ribeye. That boy is talented. He can cook. All right, do you got a do you got any appetizers from anywhere? Maybe one more time sizzling oysters. Yeah, sizzling oysters. The sizzling oysters from down there, <laughs> New Orleans style would. That'd be the jam if I'm if I'm going out and for dessert, yeah. for dessert I want um, white chocolate bread pudding from um, the gumbo pot in Vicksburg. 
The gumbo pot in Vicksburg. White chocolate okay. bread pudding. All right. What are you drinking on your last meal? I know you're drinking out of that cup. You always drink out of that cup. What's in probably, it? Probably what? sweet tea. Probably sweet tea or? Just a good old sweet tea. Just a good old sweet tea. All right. That's a good meal right know, there. Because I, I don't know if Crown, I don't know if that Crown Reserve will go with steak and all that. But <laughs> You got no sides though. What's your sides? Cream corn from Lowry's, the prime rib. <laughs> okay. Cream so you got corn. the prime rib, cream corn, bacon wrapped scallops. Is that it? That's it. That's enough. You don't need greens going out. Who cares about eating healthy on the way out? That just causes right. a mess for the undertaker. <laughs> I think you shoot your drawers anyway on the way out. I don't think greens are going to mess it up. Oh, well, then, throw, right, me no. some, then throw me some mustard greens from just any soul food restaurant. <laughs> okay. All right, number seven. What did you want to be when you were seven years old? What did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, I want to be a CPA. A CPA, a my was uncle, that accountant, certified public accountant. All right. My uncle was an accountant, and uh, he was the only my 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 grandmother had three sons. My dad had two brothers, and two of them were in the grocery business. And my uncle Buddy was a CPA, graduated from SMU. Uh, I mean, to seven, you're like that's the was, coolest on the planet, right there. Well, I mean, he wasn't work. I mean, I I didn't know how hard he he was working hard, right? Um, but as a kid, you just see him, you think this is the jam. Yeah, he, you know, he's got the he's got the big house with the swimming pool and the nice car and water bed. Oh, he was, <laughs> you know, he was we, a stud. Uh, we got. Uh, I realized at an early age that Uncle Buddy had a nicer, had everything nicer than we did. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it counted as a kid. And, and my dad told me there was a, you know, to, that Buddy found an easier way to make a living. So, I mean, oh, being an accountant. Yeah, you could. I thought that work, was code. I thought you were about to tell me we work, found out work. later Uncle Buddy was selling drugs. No, 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 no. <laughs> Uncle Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, it's sad ending to Uncle Buddy though, because he had he had bought him a historic home on Swiss Avenue, right outside of downtown Dallas, three story okay. historic home in the in our historic in the historic district. I mean, the trees and you had to have insurance on the trees in your yard. Oh, I geez, mean, that's how nice this neighborhood is. And he was restoring this house, and he got up to go file quarterly catch taxes one night. He had company over, so he went late. To go to take drop it off at the post office and got hit head on by a drunk driver. Oh, and he killed him. Jeez, 40, 40, 42 years old, and I mean, he just got to he was he was he was rolling. I mean, it, his career was where it needed to be, and he worked for this large firm called Lomas and Nettleton that was in Dallas. And my dad always told me after that that if he wouldn't have died, Lomas and Nettleton never would have gone broke. <laughs> <laughs> But, and that, folks, is why we're the sad news bears. You just dropped that on us, right? There you now. go, sad news alert. But <laughs> but the good but the good news is, is I've never drove drunk for that reason. Oh, that lesson got you. I, I can always hate that guy as long as I don't put myself in that position. There you go. All right, number uh, number six. A little weird after that last story, but how do you want to end up six feet under? How do you want to go out during? Um, during coitus. No, I'm kidding. I was going to say that and then. Why not? It, 
Well, then it traumatized my old lady and she wouldn't ever replace me. She'd never want to do that again. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. But no, no, seriously, I'd like to, when I, one night when I go to sleep, I just go to sleep and don't wake up. I want to go peaceful. Just peaceful in your sleep. All right. There you go. Number uh, five, five finger discount. What's the last thing you stole? I stole a pen from Dollar General today. Today? Yeah, I used their pen. I used their pen to mark something, and I and instead of putting it back on the clipboard, I dropped it in my bag. I, I think when Corona times, you're supposed to keep pens now. Well, I didn't I have my own. Rules. But I didn't do it. I didn't do it on purpose. I noticed when I got back to the when I got back to the DC, I grabbed my pen to to put my name and my name and my route number on my check on the check on my checks for the day. And <laughs> I'm looking at pen. I'm like, I took their pen. All right, so what's the last – we know you have a history with shoplifters, so maybe you don't have a long history of stealing. What's the last thing you went, yeah, I stole that? Her heart. Okay, here we go. Are you, are you, a, uh, are you a hotel thief? Do you steal things in the hotel room? I've been known to take a – I always get all the shampoos. I get all the shampoos <laughs> and soaps. And um, I you have got – extra? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You ever taken the remote? Never took the remote. You took the batteries out of the remote? Took, took, an, took an ice bucket once. An ice bucket? Took an ice bucket once. Just to have at the Holiday Inn or what? Well, no, this was years and years ago. Oh, it was years ago. All right, so you get, well, I should have known with your shoplifting history, there's not a lot of thievery in your, in your, in your life. All right, number four, the big question, of course, it kind of started the countdown and all these questions. Mount Rushmore of Little Debbie's. Oatmeal cream pie. Okay. Swiss roll. Mm-hmm. I like those cupcakes with the white squiggles. It's kind of like a hostess okay. cupcake, but Little Debbie's. Yep. And Little Debbie's uses buttercream. That ain't oil like hostess. <laughs> <laughs> and then the uh, the last one is the Christmas tree. You can't beat the Christmas tree. Christmas tree cake. All right. Those are classics. Those are classics right there. The oatmeal, All right. the oatmeal just creeped in in the last few years, though. Because you're getting older. That's standard procedure. What did it bump out? What did the oatmeal bump out? Or was it always top four? It's just moving up to the top. The, the lemon bar. The lemon bar? Yeah. Well, it should have. They don't have the lemon bar anymore, but the lemon bar was to die for. <laughs> an, honorable mention right. to the, an honorable mention to the Star Crunch with shout-out to Ron Funches because that microwave trip makes – that's some good it stuff. That is. Ron Funch is the life hack on the Star Crunch. Put it in the microwave. It, it, it makes a Star Crunch edible. If you need uh, the exact recipe, you got to go back and listen to the Ron Funches. He'll tell you exactly how long to do it. And if you watch on YouTube, I, I butchered it. I went too long and burnt my mouth. All right. Uh, number, this is going to be a fun one. Number two, which wrestler would be your tag team partner if you were in it right now today? Brock Lesnar. Brock? Yeah, lovers and fighters. I'm a lover. He's a fighter. <laughs> I was about to say, you'd look like twins with Danny DeVito <laughs> and Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> That'd be great. To see y'all come out, that would be awesome. What about back in the day? It's got to be a Von Erich, right? Oh, yeah. It's David Von Erich all day, every day. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and number one, you've got all that memorabilia back there. Something happens and you can only keep one piece of memorabilia that you have in your house or wherever that you have right now. 
You only get to keep one. Which would it be? It's going to be my NWA World Heavyweight title. Made, made by Dave Milliken. I've got it autographed on the front by Ric Flair in gold paint pen. Got it autographed on the back by Harley Race. Come on. And I've got a few more. I mean, Ken Shamrock autographed it. Dan the B. Severn. Uh, Christian autographed it. Um, Those are killer names. I let Shane Douglas autograph it, even though he threw it in trash. <laughs> All right. And we got to let Rick, Rick signed it on the front, though. I wouldn't let anybody else sign it. Tommy Rich signed it. Tommy Rich yeah. signed it right. He signed it right in the middle. Just big, the biggest autograph on her, right in the middle. <laughs> a wildfire. Because I, I wasn't paying attention, and that was originally going to be the Ric Flair spot. <laughs> then I got to thank up. you. But then I had the idea for the Flair wall, and I was like, the way I'm displaying it, I wanted Flair's autograph on the front. Yeah, so everybody can see that since it's on the wall. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's strong. So we got we to gotta end on this. We got to end on one story. Because everybody asks on Twitter, everybody wants to know if they haven't heard you tell it on other podcasts. You got to tell us about the time you got shot. That's what started the whole Super Dave thing. This is <laughs> sad news. Well, this isn't a sad news bearer alert no. because because I can tell this because I can laugh about it now and it had a good outcome. Uh, I was leaving work one night and uh, it was late. And as I came outside, three guys. As I came around, this guy can't step. There's three of them, but he stepped out from the corner and held a gun on me and turned me around, put a gun back in my head, and had me lay, leaning over the car. Well, there was a woman with me. It was, uh, it was my wife, my ex wife's uh, best friend. And the reason she was there, I didn't feel good this night. I, I didn't feel good. And she's a single like mom. Like a bad feeling, or you were sick? No, I didn't feel good. Just I, you I was sick. sick. Okay. Yeah, sick. Just didn't. I was out of it. And um, anyway, we we're going to loan her a hundred dollars. Single mom. Well, she came down to the store to get it, so I wouldn't have to drive by there and drop it off on my way home. Because I, my work days were, we were open for fourteen hours. So sometimes it'd be you know sixteen hours by the time I got out of there, and uh. So she came down there. She got there right before closing time. And she hung out with me while I finished all my work. And as we came out, I guess they thought that she was there to pick up all the money. Because they, um, the one held me down on the car with the gun. The other two went over there and took her purse. So as they cleared, he went ahead and shot me. And I was completely relaxed. I mean, he... Oh, so no he, warning or nothing, nothing like. I I never believed he was going to shoot me. I was I was irritated. Let's get this over with. I want to go home. Yeah. I don't feel good. And he went ahead and popped me. Well, when he did, the first thing I did is I went down to one knee. And I'm and I was like, oh shit, I'm shot. From the back. And yeah, he got me. I don't know if you can y'all can see it. That's right there. Damn. So, but he had it pressed to the back of my head and he shot me. Well, the first thing I thought is, oh shit, I'm shot. And then I'm like, well, why are you down on, why are you down on your knees? Dumbass, get up. You're not dead. Call for help. So I stood up and I walked over to the pay phones. We had two pay phones right outside the store and I couldn't get either one of them to work. The girl that's with me, she's, she's screaming and freaking out. All right. Well, and then, they just ran off. Yeah. So 
I go and I go to the, I'm going to go inside. I'm going to go in the store and I'm going to call 911. And immediately I just got some life insurance like two weeks before this. Well, in my mind, it was, if I die, my insurance isn't going to, my insurance isn't going to pay because it's, it's got to be a year. Well, that's a year of natural causes. I didn't know that not only would it have paid, it would have been double in double indemnity. Is that how they say it? It had paid sure, double. Close enough it, for us. it would have paid double. See, I had a wife and, and two small children at the time. I mean, my, uh, you wanted to take care of them, and I was worried about them. So yeah. I'm going. I'm letting myself back in because I'm wearing this jacket, like a varsity jacket, and I have the money pouch down in my sleeve. So they the, didn't even get the money that they, they didn't really get the no, no. I didn't volunteer it up where I mean, right. They, they didn't take my billfold. You let them take her purse. Thanks, Dave. They took her purse. So <laughs> anyway, I let myself back in the store and I tell her, I ask her, you coming in? And she's still freaking out. Well, I don't have time for this. So I locked, I locked the door and there's a pay phone. <laughs> there's a pay phone. Well, I don't want people coming in the store. Yeah. Cause I'm bleeding. I'm, I'm, in my mind, in you my know mind, how bad it is. No, I think I think the bullets in my jaw because my jaw was real warm. Okay. I think the bullets stuck in my jaw. I'm not a lot of pain right now. No, I'm in shock. Yeah. I'm just a warm feeling in my jaw because I'm bleeding because I didn't know it was coming out here. I I thought the all the blood was coming from back here. So I come inside and I pick up the payphone and I call nine one one. And while I've got them on the phone, the alarm goes off. And I've told them, so I just go ahead and I drop the phone and I head over across the store to the office. Well, when you come into the office, we have like a chain link wood frame, chain link fence, and we chain it up and we lock it, padlock it. So now I'm unlocking the padlock and unchaining because I know the alarm company is going to call and I need to get into where the, the phone I can answer is. So I answer the phone. I tell the alarm companies what's happened. They're going to call 911, give them my information. And I tell them, so, well, okay, I'm bleeding real bad. I'm going to go back outside because if I pass out, they're never going to get in here to me. They, they'd have to cut through all those bars. They're not getting in here. The store's in a real bad neighborhood. It, look, it, was, it was, I mean, wrought iron everywhere. Mm -hmm. So I, I walk up and I, and I reach in and I get the money. And I throw the money behind the checkout stand. And um, I go and I let myself out. And by that time, the alarm's going off. The girl's freaking out. There's people around, gathered around by this point. So they sit me down and the police come up. And he kind of shines a light on me. And I tell him what's happened. And they, an ambulance came. And uh, I'm trying to tell her what to do. I don't remember. But there was a man there, a regular customer, and I gave him the keys to my truck, and I asked him to you know, park my truck down at your house so it doesn't happen to it. And um, wow. the medic, the, 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 the EMTs get there. Well, this was before cell phones. This was 27 years ago. And um, so Colin, the pay phones don't work. So Colin, my wife told her what happened. It, yeah, this, it, this process is going on right now. So my, my brother-in-law is paramedic though. 
He's on Dallas Fire Department. He's a paramedic. So one of them said, hey, are we going to take him to Parkland? And the other one said, no, this is Stovall's brother. Let's take him to Baylor. And Baylor was closer to Parkland. So they called my brother-in-law and told my brother-in-law what had happened. So my brother-in-law was able to call the family. And so they get me there and they roll me into the emergency room. And I mean, they take me in and I'm trying to be funny. You know, I'm asking them, Hey, am, am I going to die? And then like, still got no pain. You're still in shock, right? I'm still in shock. And when they put the IV in me in the emergency room is when the pain hit. Really? The pain hit. That's what took me out of shock. And when that happened, it started hurting and it hurt real bad. And then they put me under immediately. I mean, I was out. And, and at that point, you didn't know how bad you were. Now they took me to radiology and my head swelled. My, my head came out and sat down on my shoulder. They said it was bigger than, bigger than a basketball. But the radiologist knew what to do. So the radiologist saved my life right there. And then they took me, um, they took me right into surgery and they assembled a team. And this was like in the middle of the night and they brought this, um, plastic surgeon in and his name was Dr. Rod Rourke. And in Dallas, Dr. Rod Rourke's big deal. Um, he was the number two guy at, um, Southwest medical center. And I mean, he was teaching them. He, mm -hmm. he was teaching them. And now, I just got lucky. It was his turn in the rotation. And, um, they came in and they, they operated on me and put me back together and they used part of my rib. They took one of my ribs to build all this. And so this whole side of my face is reconstructed. What? And, and I woke up. Yeah. Right here. You can see the little bump in my eyelid. There's a piece of gold in there. To, gold. Uh, they used a piece of gold to weight it down so I could blink because I have some nerve damage. The gold weights your eyelid down? Yeah. Wow. So how I didn't get the nickname Golden Eye, I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> so, so I wake up, and for me, I was, in, I was in a coma. They put me in a coma to keep me still. So they gave me 14 units of blood and platelets. I wake up several times during the week. I'm in and out. And, um, but I remember seeing a friend of mine from high school there. I remember seeing, um, I remember I, I was looking at the ceiling and I guess one of those popcorn ceilings and it looked like I was able to communicate because I was ventilated. And I, to me, it looked like a, crystal angel was floating over me and my dad said that that's the morphine he said he said that's the morphine son he said they only give you the morphine when they figure you ain't gonna make it anyway <laughs> wait was, do you wait do you you said you remember a friend you mean you imagine him no i saw it. he came to, seeing him people people came all week to visit me okay but, but i didn't know if that mind, was like another morphine dream no but in my mind there's only a few people i remember but it was people that I wouldn't have expected to come visit me. Um, Cause at that point I've been out of school for 10 years. High school friend, Coco beware. <laughs> <laughs> uh, high school sweetheart. Okay. Uh, but anyway, I went in on a Thursday night 
and I came out of my coma on a Friday. And to me, I thought it was just one night, not a week. I'd been out for a week. But once I woke up, I woke up and um, I was communicating with them. I mean, I'm still ventilated. And they took that out. But they still, they left the feeding tubes in for the weekend. And I'll never forget that Sunday. I had the, the, it was the Sunday that the Dallas Cowboys put Landry in the ring of honor. And that's what was on the TV. And the doctor came and she pulled the tubes out of my nose. And when she did, I coughed and, and it hit her with in blood. She got blood <laughs> on her and she freaked out. I mean, she freaked out. Right. And I'm, and I'm apologizing. And my mother, my mother and my ex-wife were about to rip her head off. Cause she was mad I mean, at you. Yeah. Because they're pulling this out <laughs> and the way she yelled at me, like I did it on purpose. But let me tell you the story of when I woke up, what, what, what the activity was that was going on when I woke up. All right. I was the proud recipient of a sponge bath. And okay. The nurse, the nurse that gave me the sponge bath looked like Nicole Kidman from days of thunder. And here I am, I'm laying there, and I've got this thing that I can't talk. And it's kind of an uncomfortable situation. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I, need to, I should say something witty. And um, I guess it's probably good that I didn't have the ability. Are you enjoying getting... the sponge bath? You weren't, enjoy, like, enjoying the sponge bath. No, no, no. Yeah, okay. I mean, it I was going to say, that would have really made it awkward. But I mean, uh, but I've quickly made note that this chick looks like Nicole Kidman from Days of Thunder. Hello, nurse. You're like, I, maybe I did die and go to heaven. Yeah. Well, they came in and told me, uh, they came and told me that there was no medical reason that I lived. They did everything they could, but there was no medical reason because they almost lost me twice. So they had to shock you back. I don't think they ever shocked me. Yeah, with the, the blood flow, being able to stop yeah. the bleeding. I mean, like, so the so bullet came, came all the way out? It shattered my jaw and came out, it came out right here under my eye. Jeez, and it, man. And she's lucky she didn't get hit with it because it, um, it cracked the top of her windshield on her car. That's crazy. Did we, did we never found the dudes? No, I was told... I was told later the, the neighborhood got really quiet on this. Um, they did Crime Stoppers came out and did a video, and then they don't do Crime Stoppers videos exactly like it happened because they want somebody to point out the difference in the story so they know it's real real tips. Yeah, the 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 guilt they call it guilty evidence or whatever. Yeah, so Crime Stoppers made it look like I had a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is like Netflix's Unsolved Mysteries. We got. Mm -hmm. Those dudes are still but, at large. But somebody told me that the guys that got me killed a Domino's pizza delivery man and threw him over the Whoa. Trinity River Bridge. I looked at pictures of them, and I couldn't tell. But I did everything they say that you're supposed to do in that situation. I didn't stare at them. I didn't argue. I didn't beg and plead. I didn't show fear. I mean. You just did what you told and tried to move on. Right. Let's get this over with. I'm ready to go to the house. Do you know what that means? Now, from now on, you got to beg and plead and fight them. No, it's going to be a fight. I'm not going, but I'm not going. Well, I was never, I was yeah. never, I was never unarmed after that either. I started coming out the door. I had a 12 gauge shotgun. Yeah. All I had to do, I had to do is drop, tall, son. I was. 
<laughs> and I hope, and I hope that I didn't ever have to use it, but, but I wasn't going alone if it ever happened again. Well, dude, I just got, I mean, I grew up in that neighborhood and I got careless. Didn't think it could happen to me. And I'll assure you those guys that got me were not from our neighborhood. That's I mean, crazy, man. They came, they came from a different area. Well, if you know anything that night, what night was it? Come on. What's the date? Thursday, Thursday, the October, the, see, Halloween was on Sunday, the 31st. You go back seven, would have been the 24th, 23rd, 22nd, October 21st, 1993. If anybody saw anything in the Dallas area, three men running from a store, <laughs> you need one to of contact them was wearing, us. One of them was wearing an Emmett Smith jersey. And it wasn't a it wasn't a traditional Emmett Smith jersey. It was a black Emmett Smith jersey. But I remember okay. he he was wearing an Emmett Smith jersey. We need all the clues, man. We need all the clues, Paul. And, and he and he shot me either with a twenty two or a twenty five. The police insisted that it wasn't an automatic because they couldn't find a casing. Okay. And I said and I said, trust me, if I didn't see anything else, I saw the gun. Um, but maybe it could have been what they call a what a Saturday night special. Yeah. But they said, that, but they said what saved me was that he had it pressed to my head. I, I had a 22 and a 25. I could have swore that's what it was, but the way if he had it pressed to my head, if he wouldn't have, if he would have just backed off a little bit, then it would have killed me because by pressing it to my head, the bullet didn't tumble. The bullet went, came out of the barrel, and straight through, but on those little short snub-nosed guns, the bullet comes out spinning. So it, this, it wasn't able to tear up anything because it just came through, hit my jaw, came out under my eye. So for me to not have any hearing damage, vision problems, um, I mean, they so really heavily. You, you got full vision in the eye. I do. I can't believe well, you didn't lose your eye. I didn't lose my eye. I mean, just a little nerve damage. Uh, that was it. That's and, wild, man. And they put me back together. I mean, really well. I mean, I, 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 did, like, I didn't know you had full looked, reconstruction. Yeah. So sometimes when you, and you'll now that you'll know, you'll notice it when the light hits me. That, that I may I may squint, but this one, I mean, when I sneeze, my eye doesn't close. God, I wish, I wish you had pepper right now just to see you sneeze. <laughs> but just uh, to see you sneeze. no, that wouldn't be cool because I got artificial sinus. Wearing this Dude. mask, wearing this mask has been a is a challenge for me. I mean, there's times I just have to move it and breathe because I, my my face will start getting tingly and I'll start. What I'm mask? Off. Oh, you got a CPAP? No, I wear a mask when I'm out servicing. Oh, we're you a, mean oh, oh a, you mean a quarantine mask? I'm, I'm being responsible. You know, we're in a pandemic. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you're the pandemic man. But what for, now? It, what it causes you problems? How? I the when I get when I'm busy and I start breathing, my my breathing gets. I'll start breathing heavy, and I'll start hyperventilating a little bit. I'll start. I can feel it starting to tingle, and then I'll just move the mask and I'll and I'll breathe, because I've got artificial sinus. What so, is it? They bring other bones, or what they do? Uh, they just built it. I, I'm not sure if it's plastic or. That's wild. 
But if I took nasal spray right now and I shot myself in the nose, you'd see it come out my eye. Oh, <laughs> well, there you go. There's another human but, uh, trick we need. But I, when I'd go for my follow-up visits, my, my plastic surgeon, he, um, he had a nice office. I mean, he, he did a lot, lots of cosmetic surgery. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was facelifts and boob jobs, brother. He's he got some plus twos on his resume. But, what, but when I'd go in there, he had like a professional photo studio. And they'd take me in there, and he was taking all these pictures. Well, after a couple visits, and, he, and I asked him, I finally said, do you take everybody's picture like that? And he said, no, 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 no. He said, I take those because I use you as a teaching tool over at Southwest. He said, because what we did to you, what happened to you, don't, you don't normally turn out that well. So you're the exception, not the rule. And he said, the, he said, we all became plastic surgeons to do work we did on you. We do, we do facelifts and boob jobs to pay for it. Mm-hmm. He said, that, we do that to make a living. But right. what we did to you is why we do it. So, yeah. so apparently I turned out better than what they normally did. Well, buddy. You've turned out to be a great episode. You've turned out to be the star of the show on the Sad News Bears, the breakout oh, star, it. and you're the belt pope, you're pond water, you're Super Day, brother. Thank you, man. I appreciate you joining me tonight. Man, I, man, I appreciate you having me. I, 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 I really – I'm a fan of the show. I listen to it all the time. Well, I appreciate it, brother, and uh, look forward to uh, doing another Sad News Bears with you next week. If you all want to check that out, go to adfreeshows.com and check out what you can get over there for one of the many free shows that you get with your subscription. Of course, this is free. Make sure if you uh, are listening, uh, you uh, like and subscribe wherever you're at and rate us and uh, do all that good stuff. If you're not watching, go watch it next time. Go give it a shot. You can see how beautiful Dave's face turned out here. Uh, and uh, you can do that, Casio's Cut. Look that up on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe and like and comment and the whole deal uh, there. Follow Dave on Twitter, at SuperDave39183. You can follow him there and tell him you enjoyed him on the show today. Super Dave, appreciate it, brother. And as always, we always say we better stop before we get embarrassed. I think we did that. That ship, we, we, that ship sailed. That ship sailed 30 <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> And with that, adios, muchachos. Thank you for having me. Hey, Super Dave, the Birdman is here, brother. Congratulations on your retirement for being the best referee in the world. Man, I wish you could have refereed some of my matches. Maybe I could have won all of them. (laughs) Super Dave, enjoy yourself. And tell your sister I said Hello, and thank her for being one of the biggest fans out there for the Birdman, okay? All right, you got it.